normally do two podcasts in a week, but I happened to, to get a really great interview yesterday that I want to share with you guys, and it's very timely because it's uh, the, I interviewed the two filmmakers of a documentary that is set to air on Monday, October 19th on PBS across the country. And what we're going to talk about this week on Not in the Mood is uh, kind of playing on our, our subject matter from Monday's podcast, and that was... Uh, if you recall at the end of the episode, I kind of implored all of you folks to find someone in your in your social circles with whom you disagree politically and go seek that person out and talk to them and try and find common ground so that you can kind of foster a, a bigger conversation, something that all of us really need to be doing. This episode is going to be kind of the opposite of that. Uh, we're going to talk about the internet and kind of homogenous groups of like-minded people and how groups of like-minded people can sometimes do some bad things, okay? And we're going to talk about Pepe the Frog. And Pepe the Frog is a fascinating case study on how the internet can go wrong. And I kind of compare it to a documentary that's out right now, and that's on, on Netflix. It's called Don't F*** With Cats. That's literally what it's called. But it's about this internet community of people who love cat videos and somehow some weirdo posts a video of him killing a cat and then a couple of these people in this group decide to take it on as their as their purpose in life to find this guy and to bring him to justice. And what they find out is that this is a really sick individual who is responsible for at least one murder and probably a few more. And while that is a, is a really... Uh, great case study on how the internet can be a force for good. Unfortunately, the ballad of Pepe the Frog is a case study of how the internet can really, really bring about some bad things. And if you're not familiar with Pepe the Frog, Pepe the Frog, you've probably seen him. I didn't know who Pepe the Frog was, but once I Googled him and I did a quick image search, I knew exactly who Pepe was. And unfortunately, in this documentary set to air Monday, October 19th on PBS, Feels Good Man is the journey of Pepe from being an obscure comic book character or comic strip character rather to a registered symbol of hate known in the civil rights community as a symbol for white supremacy. So the two filmmakers... Arthur Jones and Giorgio Angelini put together this documentary called Feels Good Man. And they basically follow the original artist, Matt Fury, as he tries to basically reclaim his character, who has been taken over by white supremacist groups. And I don't want to give the documentary away because, I mean, this is a fascinating film. It is a fascinating case study of what can happen when a group of people focused on creating chaos and causing problems can take something as innocent as a cartoon character and influence a presidential election with it. I mean, I was glued to my screen watching this documentary. It's just amazing. I cannot stress to you how important it is to watch this film because 
you know, we all remember the game telephone when we were kids. You know, one you tell one kid at one end of the line a story, and then that kid tells the next kid, and that kid whispers to the next kid, and it goes down the line until you get to the last kid in the line, and all of a sudden the story is typically very different from the one the first kid was told. And that's kind of what happened here with Pepe is, you know, some of these uh, users on, on, on one of these uh, internet forums, uh, in this case it's 4chan, but I really think you can compare 4chan to Reddit and to Quora and to other chat rooms and groups of, of people. And I think when you see what these guys were able to accomplish using just an image, it's really scary. And if you're able to watch the evolution of Pepe's introduction to 4chan and, and where it goes from there, I mean, it's, it's, it's just really amazing. There's another documentary out right now that I highly recommend you check out. It's called The Social Dilemma. And it kind of focuses on how social networking websites and the companies that run them uh, are using artificial intelligence to uh, basically to harvest, you know, every, every bit of data they can get from us. And then, you know, our internet experience is basically tailored for us based on the data that the social network websites have already taken from us. So, uh, and and I'll be I'll admit that documentary was not as shocking to me as this because I kind of was familiar with how marketing goes and the algorithms and how they use it to listen to what you're saying and then all of a sudden you see custom tailored ads based on what you were talking to your friends about and that's scary in and of itself but it wasn't news to me whereas the 4chan community and what it is and how these guys. Uh, kind of interact with each other. And, and and like I said, to follow Pepe's journey was really eye-opening. But before we get there, I want us all to get an education on exactly who Pepe is. Sure. Um, Pepe the Frog is a, a cartoon character that was created by Matt Fury in around 2006, 2005. And it started out as an obscure comic book character in this comic book named Boys Club. And um, I know this is radio, but to describe Pepe, Pepe is this um, anthropomorphic frog character with big bug eyes. He kind of looks a little bit like a deformed Muppet or something. And it, he started out as this kind of obscure, funny character uh, in a comic book. And then it was scanned and uploaded in the Internet, and it was turned into a meme. And, and Matt really had nothing to do with that. But over a 10-year period, Pepe was warped by the Internet and um, the name of the film is Feels Good Man, and that actually comes from the very first meme that was taken from the comic book, and it was turned into a reaction image where you see Pepe the Frog smiling, looking a little cracked out, saying Feels Good Man. And this became a really popular image online around 2010. Um, yeah, and so that's the, that's the beginning of the film. But explain to me how it went from being a harmless meme to now on the Southern Poverty Law Center's list of hate symbols. <laughs> uh, that's a complicated story. Luckily, we made a film, <laughs> film to explain it. But, um, you know, like, like Arthur mentioned, it's, Pepe is sort of like ground zero for Internet meme culture. And for those early adopters of Internet culture, I think as uh, social media and kind of corporatized Internet started becoming more mainstream, uh, new users of the internet started to adopt Pepe as their own. And it kind of became like a turf war in some sense. And the early fans of Pepe as the meme 
really started to like um, push back against the the pop cultureization of Pepe. And one of the methods in which they decided to start like fighting back from their perspective was to basically make Pepe increasingly grosser and more grotesque and racist as a way to kind of like push people away. And it's a it's a kind of timely story because it's one of these situations where like the joke then becomes the reality, and then you have this um, these other contending forces that that align around the 2015-2016 election season, who kind of see this as an opportunity to kind of coalesce uh, a group of aggrieved people around a, a similar political message, and Pepe yeah. just kind of becomes the icon of that. Yeah, I mean, in 2015. Pepe had this unique moment. It was in the fall. It was in sort of early October of 2015. And Pepe was used by a school shooter uh, as an image to the, he was announcing that he was going to go perform a school shooting the next day and used an image of Pepe holding the gun. And then two weeks after that, then presidential candidate Donald Trump retweeted an image of himself depicted as Pepe. And it was this moment where a meme that had just been kind of like an innocent thing before all of a sudden had um, come off the message board and now was like being talked about in the news cycle. And after that, Pepe just became this like controversial lightning rod culturally. And so uh, by the end of 2016, Pepe had become so toxic and extreme that, yeah, the Anti-Defamation League officially designated it a hate symbol. But what does this say about our society, that something as innocent as a cartoon character can become this divisive? <laughs> well, it, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, the film is kind of this work of media literacy, and we, we go in a lot of different directions within, within the documentary. I mean, the story is not only the story of Pepe, it's the way that social media has changed uh, all of us. It's, it's changed the way that we communicate. And the story is about how the aesthetics of trolling moved off of these obscure message boards and now have just become the modus operandi in mainstream politics. So it's a story that's a very small story about Matt Fury kind of reclaiming Pepe the Frog um, and then educating people on Pepe the Frog. And then it's this other story about um, educating the public about how social media has changed public discourse. And so, yeah. Do you have anything to add to that, Giorgio? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the story of Pepe is still incredibly relevant. Even for four years away from the 2016 election, you have stories like QAnon, which have very similar underpinnings, right? They start off as jokes on obscure message boards. And then the way that media operates now, uh, it starts to become increasingly uh, unclear what is fact and what is fiction. And it's like in this primordial soup of conspiracy theory and iconography and memes, um, these new um, kind of factions start to get created. And, and like Arthur said, the film at, at, at the end of the day is, is a piece of media literacy so people can kind of understand um, how to properly arm themselves uh, in facing this current condition. You know, I, I just, I, I, I think, I think, the story of Pepe speaks to a larger societal problem that we have. And that's, and, and it's, you know, it's the way things proliferate on the internet. And in recent weeks, we've heard the term dog whistle. How is it that something like Pepe, the frog and the way it has morphed into this, this, you know, as some people consider it a symbol of hate, how does that become a dog whistle? 
Yeah, I guess we call it a frog whistle. Uh, <laughs> Can't laughter. Well, because you know this is the nature of trolling, right? Like the the, the whole reason for trolling as uh, a, a discourse is a way to shame you out of your uh, authentic feelings, right? And Pepe becomes a really useful vehicle for masking really uh, horrible ideas by wrapping it up in this silly little joke so that you can always kind of explain away or excuse your, your comments as, as just a joke or just irony. And so Pepe is kind of emblematic of this moment where trolling as a kind of discourse online now moves into the grander political discourse where people are often kind of double-speaking, right? This is something that uh, people like David Duke um, very overtly uh, – created in the 80s and 90s ways to kind of ingratiate otherwise super hateful messaging within popular discourse by ingratiating themselves with pop culture icons or, or terminology or, or dog whistles. And Pepe is just simply the internet version of that of that trend. And it kind of, it kind of sounds to me like, you know, the, the, the preface for Feels Good Man, you know, you can just kind of interchange Pepe with anything else. It's it, there's more of a, a larger kind of a, a wide-reaching impact of social media and 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 kind of an education in this documentary of how we should all approach it. Is that is that a correct assumption? Yeah. Well, uh, everyone we interviewed, we always asked at the end of the interview, like, why Pepe? And it was always really interesting that no one could really explain <laughs> in any definable or. Uh, uh, successful way like yeah like you said it could it could have been anything else it just happened to be this cartoon character yeah but he really does make this unique case study uh that artistically we felt inspired by because you can tell a story that is about this silly kind of stoned looking cartoon frog um that has a lot of like humor and matt the creator of pepe is a guy that has like a lot of sweetness and pathos and he's he's a very like um sensitive and funny person and uh, that, but then we can also tell this very serious story about how things can warp and change online. And so, um, you know, when we were making the documentary, we realized that that was like a really um, powerful and interesting narrative tool for us. So, yeah, Pepe is random. What happened to Pepe um, seemed random initially, but but he was actually used in this very like cynical and ugly way by people who were actually very calculated. And so I do think like it's, it's an interesting way to start thinking about how memes spread online um, and not just memes of cartoon frogs, memes as ideas, memes as these potent, very sharp, very shareable tools in the way in which we like communicate um, and the way in which we can express emotion online. Pepe became the sweet, he was a, started out as a sweet, innocent frog, and then he became basically a, a tool for um, extreme anger online of all varieties. And so, um, yeah, we, we think that this story, the more people kind of understand it, the more they can maybe interpret um, how social media affects the way they think about things in their own lives. It kind of makes me wonder what's going to come of the vice presidential debate fly. <laughs> Oh, the fly. Yeah, I hope the fly has a good attorney. <laughs> and, and hopefully the fly, the fly replaces Pepe, right? trademark himself immediately. <laughs> Who knows? Sorry, say, that, say that again? I, I said, and hopefully the fly he, he, replaces he, Pepe, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, obviously, you know, you guys are filmmakers, and this is not your responsibility. But 
I believe this documentary, when it airs and folks see it, it's going to spur a larger conversation. So my question to you is, you know, those of us who hear this conversation and, 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 and want to go out and kind of fight this thing that's out there, the way memes become so just pervasive, what can we do in our personal lives to kind of educate the folks around us to, to, to be aware of this stuff? Hmm. I mean, I guess just awareness, right? Like, I think at the end of the day, the film, like Arthur mentioned, is a, is a piece of media literacy. I think a lot of people, for a lot of people, 2016 was this really big sea change in the way that they viewed their lives. Uh, in some sense, it felt like reality was being taken away from us. And what they maybe weren't recognizing was the influence that the Internet and the speed at which things change online and the, and the way that the hive mind of the Internet can kind of just create things out of whole cloth from nothing, that those internet digital experiences are now seeping into, into our lived realities. And I think just recognizing and understanding how these things can spread from online to, to reality is enough to affect the change, right? Because you have things like QAnon, which is currently dominating the news cycle right now, which really has a very similar backstory to, to how Pepe was created, right? It starts off as a silly joke, uh, in niche message boards online to now becoming like <laughs> a very significant part of the Republican Party's kind of, um, I don't know what you would call it. It's not really a platform, <laughs> but ideology in some, in some sense. I mean, I think it's really a matter of balance. You know, in the film, you see Matt Fury, Pepe's creator, and Matt has a very analog life. He has a life that's based around family, that's based around creativity, um, that's based around his community of artists who are his friends. And um, it's important in the film, you realize that Matt has this sort of like awakening moment where he's like, he realizes he needs to do something to change the narrative of Pepe. And so one is awareness. And then the other is something that's really just more about like emotional balance. It's stopping the doom scroll and realizing that the reality of your personal lived experiences is very different than the mediated experiences of being online. And so what the film, I think, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a work of media literacy, but it's also something that we hope people will see it and realize that maybe um, they can achieve some balance in their life by, you know, shutting off the phone for periods of time, reconnecting with friends and family. And the, these things are, really, really important uh, for one's mental health. Um, and, you know, I think that's part of our story, too. Arthur Jones, Giorgio Angelini, I want to thank you both for joining me. Uh, it's a This is a fascinating story. And, I, and I, like I said, I feel like, you know, you could substitute Pepe for, for many different things nowadays. But uh, the message and, and the lesson uh, that needs to be learned remains the same. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And if I could add one thing, I just want to say that we're excited to be uh, the season premiere of Independent Lens on October 19th. So uh, we're on PBS stations all over the country. So if any of your listeners want to check out the film, that's a great way to do it. Um, and you can also stream it on the PBS video app. So there's your homework assignment. Feels Good Man airs uh, Monday, October 19th at 10 p.m. Part of PBS's Independent Lens uh, show. I highly recommend you check the film out. If you're unable to watch it on that date or if you're listening to us after October 19th, I know you can rent the film on Amazon, uh, their Amazon streaming service. I'm sure once it airs, PBS will also make it available. But look it up. Feels good, man. The story of Pepe the Frog. 